Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to episode, I think it might be episode seven or eight. Oh no, it can't be eight. Well, if it is eight, I'll go back and fix it. Of What Nobody Tells You About. This is R, your host. Um, and today's topic is one that is interesting. Um, as a friend of mine pointed out to me, this is the first topic that has been covered on the podcast that is more about something that you just are. It's not something that you can choose to be or something that you or a space you can choose to put yourself in. This is about something that you have no control over. This is just a, this is an inherent part of who you are that you don't decide on. So it should be interesting. So the topic is what nobody tells you about being black. And um, 30 minutes is not enough time to try to address all the different pieces and parts of this. So there's no expectation that that'll be done. But it is a space to have an interesting conversation with someone that I like. And that person happens to be my guest, D. Hey, y'all. D, say hello to people. Oh, sorry. I did that a bit early. But hey, y'all. How y'all doing? <laughs> so, D, um, I know D. We're related. I won't disclose how we're related because maybe nobody needs to know that. But anyway, we are related. So there'll be a level of familiarity there. Um, I don't imagine it'll bother anybody. But if it does, I don't really care. So there. <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to point that out, but out it came. <laughs> you're, just a, you're just a grumpy woman. That's what it is. You just, you just do that. I'm a grumpy human. I'm not going to pretend. I'm a little cantankerous as I age. Um, so Dee was kind enough to join me on this because we have, you know, different topics about it. We um, have had somewhat similar upbringings. And so we, there are some places where we agree on things and some places where I imagine we don't. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and launch into the topic. And I imagine our conversation will form itself as it goes. So, do you, do you is there anything you want to share about yourself in preface to the conversation, or shall we just start talking? Um, I I can't really think of anything that would need to be shared. Uh, All right. Yeah, I mean, let's just do it. I guess he told us. All right. So, first question: When did you first realize that there were systemic factors that affected your experience in the world as a black person? Um. I like I always knew that like you know everything your parents always tell you about as far as like how to deal with police and stuff like that but mm-hmm. I just assumed that was just how um kind of sort of everybody had to do it to a certain extent so it probably wasn't until I got it probably wasn't until I was like an actual adult and got into the world and that I realized that there were systemic things. I just thought, you know, it's just the South and everything's just hella messed up in the South. But the rest, of the, mm-hmm. the rest of the country can't be this jacked up. Uh, <laughs> and then I moved someplace else and I was like, oh, it's racism here. It's just not as bad as it is in the South. I can tolerate this. This is not a problem. Hmm. Do you, do you still feel that way or do you feel like, is it, it, does it, does it ever become more nuanced than that for you? Like, I find that there are, there are ways that people are in the South that people in, in other parts, like in the Northeast, the West or whatever, wouldn't be. And then there are ways that they would be that folks wouldn't be. Right. So, um, I remember it was stopping on the side of the road cause I had a, a tire blowout. And I stopped outside of an area that was commonly where I'm from, known as Klan country. 
And I was like, oh, Jesus, please, Lord Jesus, what is we going to do? This could go very bored black woman by myself in my car and it ain't going. And I called um, AAA or whatever the roadside assistance was, and they were supposed to be on their way. And this car full of white men stopped and changed my tire, put the spare tire on. And I tried to pay them. I, I told them they didn't have to. Whatever. No, they thanked me. And they might have had a Confederate flag on the car. I don't know if they did or not. I don't think they did. But I feel like there was something about the car that said to me, these might not be people who would help me. And they helped me and they went on their way. Now, there's a pretty good chance that those people might hold some beliefs that would be antithetical to my ability to function in the world as a productive person. But when they saw me, they saw a person who needed help. And so they helped me. And I think that there are places in the world where people might espouse a view that says it's it's in line with me having a good life and having access to things and all that good stuff. But their direct behavior towards me wouldn't be that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get it. Um, yeah, I I kind of have like the, I get where you're coming from. I mean, growing up in the South, um, the one thing that I guess I appreciated was that if people were going to be racist, you would pretty much know it up front. Um, yeah. And it wasn't going to be hidden. Yeah. Coming up here, people do more to hide it. So, like those people who changed your tire, you know, they they might have a Confederate flag or some shit like that. But it's weird because, you know, they'll still help you. But, yeah. You know, at a certain point, there is a there is a place where you do find that, you know, their kindness stops. Um, and that is a weird thing to kind of get used to coming from, you know, growing up in the South. You know, you deal with white people and they can be kind to you and. You can be kind to them, but ultimately, you know that their best interests are not in line with your best interests, and they're gonna they're gonna either actively participate in a system that stops you, or just not try or you know try not to acknowledge it. Um, but I mean, up here, it's just more. I feel like it is just more people try to hide it more, and there's kind of more of an edge to it to some extent. I think. I don't know if maybe like I don't I mean like I feel like I don't know if maybe it's just because people in the South have done more on the front end than some places in the North or whatever, but it just seems like lately the the hatred and racism that gets espoused in places that are kind of more in the North it seems like there's more of an edge to it that I've never really I've never really noticed before. Um, like in places, you know, like Boston, places like that, where there has been racism in the past. It just seems like there's more of a, I don't know, just, it just seems more virulent. And maybe that's just because it's in the news more. Yeah, that's, a, that's interesting. I wonder if it also has, but to what you, you said about people in the South having been more upfront about, it. and for anybody who hasn't figured that out yet, Dee and I both grew up in the South. And so we both now live in more Northern slash eastern areas like more yeah like we're not in the arctic tundra, <laughs> but we're not like right above the mason no, we, we don't like snow like that so the little bit that we get is like oh that's cute yeah. now melt motherfucker melt. yeah that's cute exactly but i mean i think i think there's something to your point because people in the south have never had I mean, really, not. I mean, they might not think that. White people in the South may not think that. But the reality is they've never really tried to hide that they felt that 
people who were not white had a place they needed to be. And it was pretty much not where other white people were in a lot of ways. And so they never really hit it. And I think in other places, maybe they have been, like you said. And so now there's this space where people feel like, oh, I can go ahead and say this now. And so it's almost like, um, it's almost like that kid that never got to go out in high school and then they go to college and they lose their shit and they go yeah. buck wild because nobody ever let them out. And so I wonder if that's to some extent what has happened for some people like, oh, I can be racist. And I think it's interesting because there was a story recently about a teacher, middle school social science oh, you talking teacher. about that white lady who got outed by HuffPost? I just saw yes. that. <laughs> right. So this 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 woman, this teacher is um, she's a social studies teacher. And she had a podcast and did all this stuff online in a blog or whatever, talking about how she was, she was a white supremacist and she pushed those views in her class and so on and so forth. And she didn't disclose exactly yeah, where she was or whatever, but she dropped. Yes, exactly. Right. So it's, it's all good. Like I'll say that. And yeah, people need to come, you know, people with views like mine, white supremacist views need to come in. They need to infiltrate and they need to go in places. They need to do this and blah, blah, blah. And she, and there were all these screenshots HuffPost had taken of things that she had posted on Twitter and all these other places saying all these things, like aligning with all these white supremacists, all these hateful racist views. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure that woman when the comeuppance comes all the way through, like she gets fired or whatever, she'll be like, well, that's not right. And that's not right. And you shouldn't be whatever. And like, like it's okay to be racist till somebody treats you like you're racist. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how all racists feel. Um, I was, I was, um, I was watching TV the other day and uh, I, I get a TV station that shows old episodes of TV shows, you know, show Sanford and son mm-hmm. and, and all in the family. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love All in the Family. It's 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 pretty fucking funny. And this particular episode was one in which Archie Bunker was hanging out with some Klansmen and didn't some for some reason it didn't click that he was hanging out with these Klansmen. And you know, he's he's mm-hmm. a character who has all these racist views and everything, but he's still supposed to be lovable in the end. But the the whole entire episode hinged on a moment where his his daughter and her husband were confront him about the fact that he was hanging out with these Klansmen and it just shit didn't get real until they basically told him he was a racist. And then he was just like, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't call me that. <laughs> but he's been called a bigot and all this other stuff. But as soon as he got called a racist, that was when it was a bridge too far of all the things he's ever done. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a thing like that where it's like, People will say all this bigoted stuff, but then the minute you throw out the fact that they're racist with all the supporting evidence, they're like, whoa, 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 what have I ever done that's ever been led you to believe that I'm racist? (laughs) Well, like this teacher, right? Like she said all these things. And then if somebody points out to her and she said in some of her posts, you know, that racial oppression and systemic oppression and bias and stuff, they weren't real, right? But here you are, a white person. Here you are, a person in a school espousing these views to children that are p- specifically going to make a case for one race or rate or a group of races being less than another and that these people need to be eradicated or oppressed or treated poorly you are doing this in a school system everybody has to go to school in some way you are doing this in a system you are advocating for oppression but you you're going to turn around and say no that's not real that's not real i mean i'm doing it but it ain't real 
Like, you just really? And shows like All in the Family, you know, they're uncomfortable for us in this day and age, I think. Like Sanford and Son, a lot of them, they're, or, Je- or the Jeffersons, they're uncomfortable in a way that I think makes us have to admit that everybody who runs around saying things doesn't mean what they say. And there are lots of people holding views that you would be horrified about, but they're holding them and they're functioning around oh, you. And they're not, you know, this, this idea that everybody who does the horrible thing is wearing a hood or wearing a swastika, no. that's not the case. I mean, and there are a lot more vagaries and nuances and whatever else and, and complexities around it than we ever want to admit. But we, we would like to make it all nice and black and white because that's more comfortable. Right. And that, and it's, that that never that never ceases to no, amaze that's, me. That's very true because our father says stuff all the time, <laughs> and we routinely look at him and shake our heads like, "Really, man? It's just <laughs> it's not that real." A lot. Swaziland is the that's the best thing ever. <laughs> that's yeah yeah his regular reference to places where there are <laughs> lots of white people. What do you? So this is a question. This is off the script a little bit, but this is one that I think is um. This is one that I've struggled with. So, you know, everybody talks about like the things that we've just talked about, right? There are lots of folks who would say, who would hear those things and they would be like, yeah, like, why are you, this isn't new to you. Like, why are you rehashing what everybody knows? But I think there's also a piece of it. You know, you, you alluded to this when you were talking about, you know, growing up thinking that everybody had to think about interacting with the police a particular way, or everybody had to think about these parts of how they functioned in the world everywhere. And there like there are lots of people of color who like they woke up woke they just woke up right they just woke up and they understood all those parts and they understood all those nuances and they had people around them who were breaking it down for them from the time they could read or comprehend and then there are people like me who really woke up slowly no I fall, <laughs> like, yeah. no we were, I, I fall we in that category too and um i mean like the main thing that i got from talking to my to, to our parents was um, that they they wanted to emphasize well we didn't want we didn't want y'all to hate or to to fall into this trap of just thinking that this was the way it was so we just didn't tell you and we wanted you to just go out there and see for yourself and I I look at that and I'm like I get what you're trying to do but that just made me fall into a lot of avoidable pitfalls that I could have protected myself from had you just taken the time to fill in some gaps or explain some things a little better to me. Like, you know, if you'd have told me that, you know, aside from the police, the reason why the police might fear me is because I'm black, then that would have given me some extra information that where I might have asked the question, well, what else do do people, are people afraid of because I'm just Mm -hmm. black? You know, what else are people going to look like that? Well, yeah. Well, because as a black man, that's, I mean, that's part and parcel of how you move through the world. Because people, people lay all kinds of shit. I had a friend who, um, he used to say the, what did, what was the phrase? I think he got it from somebody else, but I liked it just the same. Transgressing the space with your body. Like you come into spaces as you are in your person. And depending upon what people think about that person, like how you present in the world, what you look like, they're going to, you might be transgressing the space. Like you, you, there's a narrative that you carry that you don't even know about. 
You know, it may have nothing to do with who you are, but people look at you and they go, that's you. And you're like, but that actually, what the fuck? Where'd that even come from? Yeah. The the best example of that is like people who sad. Cause every time you see somebody who's got saggy pants on and I catch myself doing this all the time, automatically make an assumption about them. But then, you know, you listen to rappers like say J Cole or Chance the Rapper Mm -hmm. who you know, actually address that. And they talk about, yeah, I wear my pants like that, but you know, I'm an educated person, but because I got my pants hanging off Mm -hmm. my behind, you think I'm an idiot when I'm just trying to be fashionable, you know? And I'm like, I I mean, I get that. I understand that that's your choice to be fashionable, but I don't, I don't necessarily think it's the smartest choice, but yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't make an assumption about you just based on it. What do you find to be, the hardest, like, what is the biggest challenge that you face in trying to have, if if it comes up, I know we talked about different places where it comes up, but when you have conversations with people who aren't black and these pieces and parts come out, what do you find to be the biggest challenge in, in trying to communicate some of those parts? Um, like the nuances of what you just described, like you may see it one way and you may think something, but you understand there's a detriment to the way that you're thinking. Like, how do you, what do you find to be the biggest challenge trying to communicate that as a black person to, to white people or um, what does that look like for you? Uh, it's, I don't necessarily, I haven't really found a way to communicate, you know, the reason why I have the perspective. And I don't think people, I don't think many people, mm-hmm. unless they're, they come from a minority group that's been judged that way, will We'll just we'll just understand it. Mm-hmm. Most people who've never had to experience it, they just think you're just trying to be nice, or they think you're trying to be politically correct. Um, that's the biggest pushback I've gotten in situations where I've been around some of my male coworkers who who have said some some fairly boorish things or some things that have been, you know, not the not the best thing to say, but you still chuckle at. And I'm just kind of like, you know, come on, guys, you know, mm-hmm. you can do a little better. And then they just look at me and they're like, well, you know, I can tell they're just kind of like, oh, you're just trying to be PC. You're just trying to be nice. And it's like, no, I mean, if you said some of the things you said, if you said things about me behind my back that came from a different place, I would want to punch you in the face. So I, mean, I know that these other people mm-hmm. who you're talking about in this way would be offended as well. So try let's let's try not yeah. to do that. Yeah, but to, I think most just people just look at it from the standpoint of you're just trying to be PC or a social justice warrior, which is like the new dirty word. They just, they, yeah. I'm so sick of that. It's like when people talk about stuff and they want to lump everything uncomfortable into politics. Like, no, fucker, that's civic reality. Quit calling it politics. Quit calling it politics. It's civic reality. We're talking about the water you drink. We're talking about the access to education. We're talking about your roads. We're talking about your... Your opportunities for job, for wealth, stop. It's me, civic reality. Homie. The way stop. I look at it now, I look at it as though politics is life because everything that happens, everything that happens in politics affects your life. So it doesn't matter what you totally. to me. It doesn't. There is no distinction. You know, I don't call it anything else. Politics affects how I I live, my family live, my children will live. So. You damn right I'm okay about anything that has to do with politics or or in that regard. So, I mean, when people start throwing that around, I just I automatically look at them like, well, you're a dumbass for trying to make this something. 
You know, it really, it's hard. I find it's kind of like the equivalent of seeing that somebody's email address is um, like AOL.com or um, Comcast.net. Like, I just can't take you seriously. <laughs> it's hard. Because I'm just like, you ain't shit. Like, I can't, like, I'm not saying you're not a smart person, but I am saying that you, you are not showing me that in how you communicate with people with your email address. <laughs> like, I can't take you seriously. I can't. And you tell me that's just politics. I can't take you seriously. Because that means to me, you have made a conscious decision. And you have the privilege to do that, to say. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, that's basically what they're saying to you. They're saying to you, I don't have to take the time to think about these things because my life is great. Why can't your life be great? Stop making it. Like, there's so, should I diagram all the problems with what you think? knows yeah but that but that brings me to another question and i'm curious i'm curious as to what you what your take is on it like what are there what societal changes like what things are currently happening that give you some hope um i mean you you see the younger generation i'm sure maybe our parents had the same feeling like you see the younger generation they make they make incremental changes as far as like how they see things how they get it you know, for people we grew up with, what with you know, it may have been noticing that oh, like driving while black is a real thing. You know, that's that's really crazy. But then they don't mm-hmm. understand that black lives they don't under, they don't get where black lives matter, where that comes from. But then you have the younger generation who yeah. you know they get the whole black lives matter thing more than the other generation. So I mean, there's that where you see it in in little baby steps that you know the younger generation will successfully successively get it and it kind of shifts the ball forward. Um, but I just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm more of a, a realist and the fact that Donald Trump is president and people are running around doing crazy racist shit right now, that doesn't, that to me, that negates all that. To me, that just shows me that it's kind of at the point where it, it, it just, it matters, but it, it seems like it doesn't matter as much as it should. I don't want to say it doesn't matter at all because, you know, people ain't getting lynched and hung from trees, you know, but the same, we still dealing with some of the same shit that shouldn't be dealt with anymore. So it's just, it's, it's hard to be extremely hopeful, I guess. Well, I, I hear you on that because I don't think, I mean, nobody should be running around doing the Pollyanna. Right. And that's, and that's another piece about what nobody tells you about being black is that like there, you know, we've talked about these things that are just part and parcel of our existence. Yeah. Nobody that other people you, never have to think about to be woke and it takes you some not years. In an annoying way, I guess. Like when you first realize that all this crazy shit has happened, you're like, yeah. I must go and tell everyone. How does no one know mm-hmm. these things? I have to warn everyone. Did you, did you know that racist stuff happened all throughout the North? And you, you just go talking, to, go talking to some motherfuckers from Chicago and they're like, yeah, motherfucker, we know we were here. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Thanks. But I mean, the thing, the thing about it is through all that, right, we continue to survive and not just survive, but flourish, you know? And I'm, and I think that's the part that's, for me, it's hard. That's not the part I'm hopeful about. I'm gonna get to that, but it's, that's a, that continues to astound me. It was like the first time I realized, the first time I got my heart broken and I realized that people do that and then they fall in love again. <laughs> I was like, what the shit? 
I was like, people do this on purpose? Like, this fucker ripped my shit out and burned it. Like, I don't even understand how I'm going to function again. And people actually date again? Like, I don't even understand how this happens. My mind was blown. Like, human beings try to love again? Like, people lose spouses. They have to watch their spouse die of cancer or whatever. And then they they decide, I'm going to fall in love with another fucking human being again? Like, are you serious? It's, It's sort of the same thing. Because... Black people continue to flourish. You know, there's another tweet that says something horrible and Chance the Rapper donates another million to something awesome. You know what I mean? Like these things happen and people keep moving forward and we always have. And that to me, that's astounding. It's beautiful, it's sad, and it's astounding. But the thing that makes me hopeful is the fact that at this point, it's much easier to say I find it easier to say yep that person's racist and keep it moving I think for years it's like you had to prove like you couldn't just say I think that I think that happened to me because I'm black because you didn't want to assume too much you didn't want to think you didn't want to misjudge anybody you didn't want to whatever you had your feeling your gut was telling you I think that's based in race but you don't want to say it right and now it's like I'm freer in spaces to go, nope, I'm pretty sure that happened to me because I'm a black, I'm a black person. I'm pretty sure that was because I'm black. And and I can figure out what I want to do about it. If it's a battle I want to fight, if it's something I want to maneuver around, but I don't have to keep running around trying to pretend that all these things are not happening to me because I'm black. Yeah. They are. I, I can understand that. I think, you know, that a lot more information is present and it's easier. You basically, you basically mm-hmm. realize you're not crazy anymore. Because there's just there's the information is yes. there. It's it's people are talking, you know, the internet, Twitter, all that stuff has made it easier for people to point this stuff out. Oh, and the fact that we had a president who opened a bunch of investigations in the police departments kinda helped prove that yeah, there's some fuckers going on all across the board. People ain't just making yeah. it up. You know, but yeah. you know how it is, you know, people don't believe you until they got evidence. And even then you can take video all day long and people will still think then nah, man, that officer had to shoot that black man who was running away all them times because, you know, he's scary. So, I mean, the, the information is just mm-hmm. it's just there. So you don't really feel I, I get what you're saying. You know, like before you would you would it would be like almost like gaslighting to a certain extent because you would be like, I, is it just me and everyone? Yeah. No one else will really confirm it. You know, and that's mostly out of a fear of, you know, yeah, everybody's like, no, you need to be quiet because you want to survive. You just you just take it. You just keep moving so you can survive. So nobody's really getting in your ear and they're telling you all this stuff. Now it's just it's a lot easier to see it all and just know that there's a lot of fuckery and you just need to be aware of it. I would agree. And a really loud truck just drove oh. by my window just now. And I hate cup. that person. Like, I think they're very rude. And I, I thought like, you moved the cup. What'd you say? No, I didn't. I, there's not a cup that big. Some joker outside was like, this is the time to rev my truck up. Like, really? you? I, I wish a full bladder and a long road trip on you. That's what I wish on you. That's what you get. Um... So, so we're coming close to the end of our time. This has been a good conversation. I'm pretty sure we could do this for a long time and we could decide to do that because it's our world and Zencasters, you know, it's a platform. You can use it. Nobody can stop me. I can do what I want. But um, 
I'm wondering, like, is there a signal that you look for when you engage with people who aren't black to see if they if um, they get it? No, I don't really invest that much time in trying to discern whether somebody is on the level or not. Um, I just I just stick everybody in the associate category, and then if I hang out with you enough, and eventually you seem to be cool enough, then I move them into the friend category. That's pretty much all I can really do. It's just it's too exhausting to spend time trying to uh, actively investigate every person you meet to determine if you know they're okay for you to hang with. It's just you know you just you just stick around somebody long enough, they'll show you who they really are, and then you can make a decision and move from there. No. But even when you're just, but no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean like you trying to find people, like you trying to suss them out, right? Like you putting them through quizzes and stuff. But when you happen to be around people and they're talking or you're having conversations, is there something that you notice that sometimes people who aren't black will do that you go, oh. Oh, you, um, you, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. I you might just get it. Uh, uh, no, um, you don't have to apologize. Uh, I guess they'll <laughs> just make like a crash joke. I've heard people make jokes about Black Lives Matter. Um or you know they'll be they'll say some all lives matter bullshit, um, and usually that's that's something where I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess you're not somebody I need to to mess with. Um, oh no, no, I meant the opposite. Um, I mean, you hear them. So I give you an example. I when people like I have a friend who I knew she potentially got it when I first met her when I first moved to this area, and we were in a we were in a training an orientation and we had the material in front of us. And there were these older white men behind us, sitting behind us who were complaining like, where's this? And what's that? And I don't know. And, da, da, da. and at some point she turned around, she was like, it's right there in your packet, blah, blah, blah. And after the orientation session was over, I said to her, I was like, I like that you did that. And I didn't make any reference to the, to the race or gender. I was just like, I just like that you, you know, you pointed it out. to me. <laughs> And she goes, yeah, they were just being white men. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> like oh you see or when i hear people say things like that oh well you know they don't seem to understand that when a bunch of white men walk into a room to tell a bunch of people of color something it doesn't look good you know what i mean like there there's a certain optic optical issue there like when i hear people say things like that i go oh so you do realize like i'm not saying you're gonna get it right or that you always um, know i guess you know what i mean not, like nobody's perfect yeah, i get what you're saying but, no, i'm sorry i, it, I guess it's, it's like kind of the same thing like usually they'll like people who I know who kind of get it, they'll say something along those lines where they'll they'll mention, you know, like if we happen to talk, if they if we're talking about, a you know, carrying a gun and I'm like, well, you know, I don't like to carry my gun around all the time. You know, they'll usually crack a joke like, oh, it's because you're black. And then I'll be like, yeah. And then they'll be like, yeah, I know that's that's fucked up. So, I mean. They, I mean, they get it, you know, enough to where they'll crack jokes about it. And then when I agree with them, they're like, yeah, I know, you know, so they, they're aware, but some of those same people in the next instance will be the ones that'll use the word social justice warrior too. So it can be, it can be a difficult thing. Cause there's like, there's one particular person that I'm cool with who he shifts back and forth between friend and associate. And it's just because it's because he's one of those people who's like, Mm-hmm. He understands that like there's racist crap and stuff like that, but he's like, I love my AR-15 and I love making fun of reporters who don't know anything about 
AR-15s and stuff like that and and right wing, some right wing news sites. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I get it. I've shot a rifle before and some of the some of the CNN people who are shooting rifle on video ain't doing themselves no favor, no favors. They look like a freaking idiot shooting a rifle and you're just like, dude, <laughs> it's not that it's not that hard. It's not that ridiculous. Come on, man. So, I mean, I get where he's coming from, but then in the other instance, I'm just kind of like, mm, you got you got like just a taste of some tendencies that just I don't know, like one day I feel like I might have to punch you in the face. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, I could hear you. I mean, if you punch that person, I think yeah, but I, think, I might feel. But I think a lot of people have. That's it what I mean. You know, it's like yeah. everybody. You might, yeah, yeah. Like you see, yeah. Like if you punched them in the, if you punch this person in the dark, and then you had to see, and they didn't know who punched them, but you knew later, and you saw them with their jacked up <laughs> yeah. face and stuff, you'd be like, it's oh, a touch. Just maybe, a little touch of hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Just a little touch, but not not enough to tell him yeah, you did it. Just yeah, enough probably. to be like, oh, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> That's gonna be a new category. <laughs> like, yeah, I punch him in the dark. That's a whole. That's a whole new category. I punch him in the dark. Yeah, I do it. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I feel bad about it in the light, yeah, but that's, that's actually pretty accurate. Dark. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Innovators. We are innovators here at What Nobody Tells You About. All right. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and close out. This has been a good conversation. I, you know, part of me feels this will be interesting. I mean, because I mean, maybe like four people listen and you're probably one of them. But I feel like we kind of started the conversation like we started the podcast in the middle of a conversation. And I, part of me wonders, like, should we have done more setup for people or should we have tried to lead them through it? And then part of me is like, no, because ain't nobody led yeah. me through shit. So you got to jump yeah, in just like I jumped um, in and take it, when like, you, uh, take it when you can get it. Who is it? It might have been Gene Demby on um, uh, Code Switch. I think they had a they had mm-hmm. a whole podcast about like explanatory commas mm-hmm. and everything. And they had the same they had the same attitude you had where it was mm-hmm. like, did nobody tell me shit? Why do I need to waste my time telling everybody else shit? sometimes you, you got to start where you are and 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 realize that other people had to do the same thing and yeah. you just keep it moving because that's like i had a, i had an incident at work where like somebody we were having like a an office lunch and we were all sitting together and people were laughing and talking about football and stuff like that so i was just kind of checking out of the conversation because i knew it was going to go someplace where i really didn't care for it to go because everybody is pretty everybody I work with is pretty conservative. So mm-hmm. um one person cracked a joke mm-hmm. about um it was like Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or some shit like that. And that was when I was like, yep, I've had just about enough of this. And I just got up and walked away. And um, you know, my boss came mm-hmm. back and talked to me about it later. He was like, did that offend you? And I was like, I was like, yeah, it offended me, but I've been dealing with crap like that my whole entire life. And if, you know, one thing I know is that if people really want to learn and they really want to understand something, they'll go out and they'll find out. I don't have time to go try and explain something to somebody. So I'm not going to waste my time trying to explain to him how this offended me. If he really wanted to know, he would look at, he would look for the information and try to understand and not do it. Well fucking put. Well put. 
And on that note, we're going to say peace out. And if this conversation stimulated you, you wondered, you wanted to know some stuff and you're trying to figure out and you're thinking, why didn't they tell me more? All the information you need pretty much is already out there. You just got to go find it. And if you really would like to not be in the dark, this is an excellent time to start lighting your way. No problem. So with Our- that, D, thank you so much for joining me. ah yeah that's totally me all right then and now we are going to send you out with our excellent theme music bye y'all